KCRW, this is Here Be Monsters. It's getting close to our season end. Just one more episode until Bethany and I take our production break for the summer. We're slowly getting closer to that point where we get to close out those browser tabs we've had open for the last nine months. You know, archive some Slack channels, that kind of thing. It's really exciting. But even though our season's ending, we're starting a new summer project that we want you to be a part of. It's a listener art exchange, and we want you to make a piece of art and mail it to another Here Be Monsters listener, and they'll mail you something back. It's as simple as that. All you have to do is sign up. And you don't have to be a professional artist or anything. You just have to be a kind person who's willing to put something in the mail for a stranger. I'll be participating too. I'll probably draw some of the little monsters that I think about when I'm trying to fall asleep. And Beth's going to make a cross stitch of some crows. Anyhow, I'm very excited about all this. And so if you'd like to participate in the first ever Here Be Monsters Summer Art Exchange, just fill out the form on our website by June 12th. You can find a link in our show notes, or just go to hbmpodcast.com slash arts2019. You know, a couple weeks ago, I was in the forest with a toddler, and he brought me these like little piles of things to hold. He'd bring me a couple pebbles, a twig, some clumps of moss, and he thought these were treasures, and so did I. Now this episode's going to be a little bit like that, a bit of potpourri, some odds and ends. All the things that we accumulated throughout the season that need to go on an episode, but we just weren't sure which one. It's a collection of little things that I want to give to you, like this recording that I made recently of some Danish crows squawking at me for being in their little patch of forest. And here's another recording. I made this one by tapping a bed frame during a rainstorm. And I tried to use noise removal software to get rid of the rain, but I accidentally had the settings flipped, and so I only got the rain sound and the jangly bits and none of the taps themselves. Most of the music on this episode will be trash music, songs that I made but initially threw out. And that actually brings me to a point of confusion that I'd like to clear up. Often on this show, Beth and I credit a musician named The Black Spot. And The Black Spot is me. Sorry if that was confusing. I didn't initially want to use my real name because I was really shy about making music and I think that it's often kind of bad. I'm getting better at the shyness stuff and and maybe at the music too, but I still trash like 80% of everything I make. So these are all songs that I found deep in the purgatory of my hard drive and I've dusted them off a little bit and I found out that, that some of them weren't as bad as I thought they were. 
So I decided to use some of them on this episode. Like this track that I made back when I was really into harps and I had a bad fever. Anyways, I'm going to play you the billboard now, and after that, we'll hear some listener voicemails, and I'll share a big data set with you, and I'll play you some more weird sounds, and I'll read you some of the unnecessarily sexual search terms that people have used to find our website. All that after the break. Here Be Monsters, the podcast about... Somebody dragging huge rocks underwater. The podcast about the unknown. So lately, I've been emailing with this guy. He wrote us because he wanted us to get him in touch with Satan. Now, I've told him a couple times now that Beth and I don't really have Satan's contact info, but I don't think he believes me because he keeps sending me his satanic prayers. We also get a lot of press releases from business coaches and trance DJs who want us to check out their new hit singles. You know, it's a lot of people who want us to pull the giant levers of power on their behalf whether it's CCing them on an email with Satan, or helping them promote their business ebook, or just getting on the Billboard Top 100. These are all misunderstandings of what this podcast is, but Beth and I don't really mind these emails because it's evidence that people are still trying things, just on the off chance that they work. And I find misunderstandings generally fascinating. They often represent our mental shortcuts or our desires that we hide from each other. Speaking of which, Karen... There's a nice satanic man at your gym who would like to fall in love with you. Another place we field misunderstandings is from Google. You see, Google tells us what search terms people use to find our website. So for us, it's a lot of here be monsters, monsters podcast, there be monsters, there be dragons, you know, that sort of thing. But every once in a while, someone will search for a really odd set of words and Google will show them our website for some reason. So Beth and I keep a running list of these search terms, and I want to share with you 12 of my favorites. Some of them are quite sexual, some are just sad, or weirdly poetic, or just kind of head-scratchers. Again, these are real search terms that people have used to wind up on our website. So here goes. 1. Satan eating people. 2. Where to buy a crow. 3. Horniness captures. 4. Roman sex orgy. 5. Where do seagulls go at night? 6. www.bigdick. 7. The Island of Sex. 8. Boogie Monster Podcast. 9. JPEG Nudism. 10. HBM Shampoo. 11. Jeff Denton. What does asparagus taste like? Hi, you've reached Here Be Monsters, a podcast about fear and the unknown. Leave us a message that we can use on our show.
It could be a question, a comment, or a sound, or a story, or anything else, as long as it's under three minutes. All right, here comes that beep. Hey, guys. Um, I saw your number on the sweatshirt, and I do not have an unusual story. But I will think of one, and I'll get back to you. Yo! What's up, my dude? Bye. Monsters. Monsters. <laughs> yeah. I knew this one guy who was a brain surgeon. He had created some kind of device to travel to the eighth dimension. But then we ended up finding a bunch of aliens hidden around Earth, and they had to they had to send them back to the to the eighth dimension. Otherwise, they were going to take over the entire universe. I don't remember all the details, but man, it was a crazy it was a crazy night. Hi, I'm calling about the um, call for strange physical sensations. Uh, I fell out of a bus and sustained a large um, laceration, X-shaped, on the back of my head, just a little off-center from, from the crown. And um, I went in to see a doctor, or they took me in an ambulance. And while he was uh, starting to work, he asked me if, if I wanted him to narrate what he was doing. And I, I told him no, that I thought it might be a little weird, a little freaky to, to have to imagine that while he was doing it. So we small talk most of the time instead. But um, while he was cleaning out the wound, um, I guess he had taken out some implements to get rid of any debris that may have been in there. I felt this scratching sensation or sort of a sound and sort of a sensation, but it was this really deep, deep sound like maybe somebody dragging huge rocks against each other deep underwater. Um, but I could also sort of feel it vibrating in my jaw, in my teeth, and inside my ears. And I asked him, um, because I suddenly realized what it had to be, is that, is that my skull? And, and the doctor just said back, I, I thought you told me you didn't want to know what was going on. That, I guess, is the feeling of having someone tap on your skull with a metal instrument. Just thinking about it, I can still sort of feel it in, in my skull and, again, in my jaw and in my throat and in my ears. Um, but, yeah, that was my weird physical sensation. Hello, this is Eva. So I was... In bed, I had just fallen asleep. It was probably 1 a.m., and I felt this tickling, and I immediately sprung awake with the undeniable sensation that there was something inside my ear, an insect inside my ear. I immediately uh, sprung up and started flailing around, and all I could hear inside of my eardrum was something like this. <laughs> Very, very loudly, almost as if someone was whispering into a microphone. But instead of a microphone, it was my eardrum. I was flailing around with my cell phone uh, trying to Google what to do when there's a bug in your ear, which is hard to do. And I really had the sensation that the, the thing inside of my ear was really trying to get out. And 
there was a sort of mutual panic in the bug in my ear and me, the being with the bug in my ear. It was really fascinating. So I, I woke up my roommate to help me research because it's really hard to read when there's cacophony inside your eardrum. And we discovered that the best thing to do is to pour olive oil in your ear. So I tilted my head, filled my ear with the olive oil we had on top of the refrigerator, and I sat there for about 10 minutes, and the, the sound in my eardrum stopped. And I let the oil drip out of my ear, and I never saw the bug. I went to bed. The next day I went to the doctor to make sure there was no... Um, creature that had nested and was on its way to my brain. Turns out I must have flushed it out without noticing and I'm really disappointed that I never got to see the little the little guy because I would have loved to have kept it. Because we shared a terrifying moment together. That was my strange sensation. This seems like a good time to remind you that we have a book, a short book, a short book about death and beauty and the writer Chris Ann Adams. It's called Beautiful Stories About Dead Animals, and you can buy it on our website, hbmpodcast.com slash store. Okay, I want to change gears completely here. Back in 2017, Trump signed an executive order that created a hotline called Voice. And when you call Voice today, this is what you hear. Thank you for calling the Victims of Immigration Crime Engagement Line, or Voice Line, at U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, or ICE. Este mensaje se repetirá en español. This service is to provide all available and releasable information for victims and their families who have been impacted by a crime committed by an alien who may be subject to removal. This is not a tip line to report a crime. To report a crime, please call your local law enforcement agency. And that last thing about voice not being a tip line, that's important. Because all this is happening in a modern era of American politics, where nothing is what it claims to be, and Trump's messaging on immigration is far from subtle. Build that wall. 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 So in 2017, I had a lot of questions about what Voice's true purpose was and what people would actually call it for. Now, immigration and customs enforcement is a tough nut to crack. They're supposed to file quarterly reports about the hotline, but the most recently available one is over a year old. And I've emailed their press office for requests to comment, but they never wrote back. And I expected this going in, so I preemptively filed a Freedom of Information Act request, which is also called a FOIA. And in my FOIA, I requested all the call records from the hotline. ICE accepted my request, and so I started waiting. Now, I wasn't the only one who had this idea, Around the same time, some reporters at the Arizona Republic sent in a similar request. They got theirs back fairly quickly, 
They received a spreadsheet with a couple hundred calls detailed in it. The government was supposed to have redacted personally identifiable information, but they didn't do a very good job of that. The reporters found that many of the callers to the hotline were calling to give the full names and street addresses of people that they thought were in the country illegally. The Arizona Republic eventually received something called a clawback notice. That's when the government sends you a letter and asks you to return and destroy your data. And then ICE removed its entire FOIA library from the internet so that they could check for other errors in their redactions. Anyways, all this to say that I waited nearly a year for my FOIA response. And now I've had it for a little while, and I still haven't figured out quite what to do with it. It's a big spreadsheet that details the first 5,000-ish calls to the voice hotline. And for each call, there's a couple dozen pieces of metadata attached. You know, date of call, call type, comments, etc. Unlike the Arizona Republic spreadsheet, the one that I received is heavily, heavily redacted. But I do think there are still some interesting things in there. Things that could be extracted to figure out why exactly people are calling voice. But I'm just not good enough with data, so I got a bit of help. So for me, uh, every row is a data point. The names and addresses have been redacted, but there's a lot of rich information with text. And typically, my first guess would be to use natural language processing to process a data set like This is Anjali Zuperas. She walked me through some of the trends in the data. And together, we looked at some of the individual records in the data set. As to the question of whether people are using voice as a tip line, the short answer is yes. We know this because we can see the voice operators handing out hundreds and hundreds of referrals to the HSI tip line. Because, oh right, did I mention that there's already a phone number that lets you tip off people to immigration? There is. And it's been that way for a while. Hmm. I mean, let's take a look at it. Like, so here's a fun game. Can you pick a number between 1 and 5,656? Uh, sure. Uh, 91. 91. Yeah. Okay. So April 27th, caller requested to report an illegal alien who is orange and terrorizing women and children. Operator informed caller that their call would be annotated in the system at which time the operator disconnected the call. Let's do 4,151. This was a call from a victim, but the content has been redacted. Give me another number between 1 and sure. 5,165. 555. Caller would not clarify their request. Caller then began to convey derogatory comments. Operator informed caller that their call would be annotated in the system, at which time the operator disconnected the call. Anyways, Anjali sifted through the parts of the data that weren't redacted, and she found something that I'd missed. And I, I thought the country of birth column was rather fascinating as well, because the top five countries that were associated with uh, country of birth were Mexico, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Armenia, which I didn't expect. Armenia. Yeah, Armenia, with 43 related calls. And we can see that a repeat caller occurs rather often. Angelia and I think that Armenia is a bit of an outlier. Why Armenia? The calls came in month after month after month, and it might merit more digging in the data, more digging than I'm qualified to do. 
Anjali also made some interesting charts and graphs showing other trends in the data. We have those posted up on the website. My contribution to this is a little bit lighter, as I'm not as skilled. However, I did notice a couple things. I noticed that voice operators categorized each call by call type, and the majority of all calls they received in the period that we have data for wound up in the same category, other. Other seems to include a mix of people airing their grievances with the existence of the hotline or prank calling it. I found more than 100 calls that mention UFOs. There's 23 mentions of green aliens, 20 mentions of orange aliens, 3 mentions of gray aliens, and 2 mentions of Cheetos. And there's definitely more facts hiding in this data, trends too, and some little vignettes, but it's all too much for me to parse alone. And so for that reason, I've posted up the full data set on our website, all 5,164 calls. If you want to take a dig through it, please do. We have two versions. One's a collaborative version on Google Drive that we can look at and comment on together, and the other's a CSV file that you can download and work with offline if you'd like. And if you don't trust me, that's fine too, because the original is still available for public download in the ICE FOIA library. If you find something, let us know. You can tweet us at hbmpodcast or send us an email, hbmpodcast at gmail.com. Many thanks to Anjali Zuparis for walking me through a lot of this stuff. And if you'd like to learn more about the voice hotline, I highly recommend an article on Splinter called This is What It Looks Like When the President Asks People to Snitch on Their Neighbors. Okay, that was a lot. Let's get a breath of fresh air. Good morning, Jeff. It's John Hill calling. And what's one story that you wish you could have made the season but had to be scrapped? Earlier this season, Beth was working on a piece about glass blowing. It didn't work out, but here's a cool sound she recorded of a Jacob's Ladder. Did you know that we have a super secret Facebook group? In fact, it's so secret that I would never dare talk about it on this podcast. That's how secret it is. But if you want to be a part of it, all you have to do is find it. That's the test. If you find it, you're in. So here's a song that I made on a day when I was trying to edit the podcast. But the moment I sat down at my computer to edit, my neighbor's car alarm started going off. And it just kept going off for eight hours. So I made this track to help drown out the sound. You know, I don't personally have ASMR, so I can't really speak to it. 
Babeth does, and I asked her, though she said she prefers things like tapping sounds. So I don't really know. I don't know what it is about breaths. I did want to mention, though, that taking the words out of interviews is something that I first did back in college, back before this podcast existed. And so here's a file that I found on my computer just now called Nick's Thanksgiving Speech. It's from 2011. Okay, so just one more thing. Around the start of 2019, you heard an episode I produced called Big Numbers. It's episode 110. In that episode, I interviewed my nephew about big numbers. I found one. What's after one? Two. What's after two? Eight. Now, for a long time, I've had this pipe dream of someday becoming a beat reporter. But until now, I've never really known what my beat would exactly be. Maybe I could cover weird animals or maybe religion. I don't, I don't really know. But I think I finally figured it out. I think I figured out what my beat is. It's kids counting. And so here's some hard-hitting reporting from the kids counting front. It's a man-on-the-street type interview. I mean, it's more of a kid-on-a-slide type interview. But either way, here's Alan. Will you give us the countdown before we go down the slide? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Is it time to go? Here we go. Oh my, we made it, Alan. Yep, I think that's our last one. Let's go pack up the stroller and then we can head home and eat some lunch, okay? Alright, I think it's high time to wrap this up. My name's Jeff Entman, and I produced this episode of Here Be Monsters with Bethany Denton. We have a website, it's hbmpodcast.com, and here are five things that you can do on our website right now. Sign up for our Summer Arts Exchange. Do it by June 12th. There's a link in our show notes, or you can go to hbmpodcast.com slash arts2019. Buy our merch. We have shirts, stickers, art prints, books, sweatshirts, and some new stuff coming soon. Download our voice hotline data set in whichever format you prefer. Find the link to our Here Be Monsters super secret Facebook group. Call us. I mean, you don't have to do that from our website, but we do have one of those clickable phone links on our contact page, which is pretty cool. You can also just call us a normal way, though. 765-374-5263, which you can remember because it spells out pokes. I jam three. You know, call us and tell us a story or share a secret, or just record yourself tossing a big piece of sheet metal around. Uh, I hope you can use that for something, I don't know. Take it easy.
Again, you can find us at hbmpodcast.com or just Google Show Me a Crow. If you called in for this episode, thank you so much. You are a fantastic person and we're lucky to have you. Music on this episode came from The Black Spot. Here Be Monsters is distributed by KCRW. Our senior editor there is Nick White. We get additional support for freelance contributions from KCRW's independent producer project. Thanks for listening. More episodes soon. five minutes ago. Here we go. And after much corruption, have I become a better breath holder? Does Fate's notebook have a few pages left for me? Or should I build my own scrap heap reactor in anticipation of some unknown end? I think I'll listen to beautiful stories about dead animals. As Carlos surrenders, I'm reminded of my encounter with the Witch of Saratoga. That hot summer, I evaded the untitled noises in New York, and she asked me about big numbers and wondered why I was waiting for Earth to grant me permission to take up negative space when I'm the last ones. It's so easy to think that you can see it, but like envisioning age, it really can't be taken in by one sense alone. It's too much. I feel like I'm bound in Walton at all, and that I am the finest and most rotten person on the planet's surface. Even so, I know it would be a grave oversight to forget that the land still loves me, and when all around me becomes a mountain seabed, I'll be long, long, long gone. Anyway, hope that was okay. Um, Yeah, take care, and uh, have a good one. Bye.